Well, hey there, and welcome to Faith in Real Life, the podcast where we talk about how to live out your faith each and every day. My name is Bryson, and joined to my left, your right, is Pastor Obi Dalrymple. Today we're talking about cancel culture. Let's get started. All right, so we're talking about cancel culture today, and really this is part two of a two-part co- podcast. That's mm-hmm. how it works. But um, first week we talked about rage culture, mm-hmm. and uh, and we've really talked about how rage culture, there's a lot of things that are wrong with it. Um, it for one, it's born out of anger, things like that. Uh, but now we're kind of talking about the second part, cancel culture. And so, Bryson, um, I just have to acknowledge that um, you did the introduction. I did. And you did fantastic, Thank sir. Thank you so much. First take, too. First take, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, we end up taking two takes. Well, but Jacob's going to use the first one. Yeah, so. he's going to use the first one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, good to have you here today. Thank and, you. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this. This is something that I feel like is really permeating our society. Mm-hmm. Um, really, rage culture is honestly just kind of maybe the core of cancel culture, but cancel cu- culture is the big thing. It's mm-hmm. the thing that maybe grabs, grabs the headlines, the, mm-hmm. the tweets, and, and other things like that. Um, so the first thing I kind of want to talk about is what do we mean by cancel culture and how is it different from rage culture? And I'm going to start off with yep. this one because then we're going to get your um, your standard definition, the Bryson standard definition. Is that this, a thing? This one isn't as good as last week's. So if you didn't watch last week, you need to stop, pause, go watch last week's, mm. and then catch up to this. Way one. to build up the current show, sir. Way yeah. to way to go. Make so sure that's to exciting. like and subscribe. <laughs> All right. So so really, I thought of it as the response to the mob. Right? Yeah. Right. So we talked about rage culture as it's the mob, which with uh, pitchforks and and mm-hmm. torches and going to storm uh, somebody's door down and and just they're mad, mm-hmm. right? And it's irrational. And so. Cancel culture is kind of the result of the mob. Um, so it's um, saying out of anger, I think you had said this, we no longer want you, you're no longer valued um, or valid. Mm-hmm. So really it's the gross overreaction mm-hmm. to that rage culture. So that is my elongated explanation. I want to hear your precise <laughs> Bryson standard definition. So here's what I said. Again, I think my definition last week to rage culture was better. But here's what I, uh, I said for cancel culture. Cancel culture Uh, This is my definition, so not standard, but uh, is the reaction to rage culture, again, for right or for wrong, um, that calls to end the source of the outrage. Okay. All right. Read it one more time so my brain can process it. The reaction to rage culture, for right or for wrong, that calls to the end, that calls to end the source of the outrage. Okay. All right. Yeah. So... Um, because it's more than sometimes it's an organization, sometimes it's a person. Mm. So I just think it's the source of it, whatever it is they're targeting in that. Whatever's moment. making the mob mad, mm-hmm. it's the call to end that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately, it can be a human being, right? It, yeah. it so I think a lot of times it is people, but it, I've seen it to be it can be organizations too. Absolutely. All right, so we want to do more than just define it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what we want to do is look at a, a biblical prescription. And so first first part is setting the um, the tone of what is this thing? What is cancel culture? Why should people care about it? And I think clearly we see it everywhere from a celebrity getting mm-hmm. canceled to um, it, it could be anything. And, and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit. Eventually it could become Christians. Mm-hmm. And so um, just the, the mob outrage saying, 
we're done with you. Right. Um, we're mad about something, eliminate it, get it out of public circle, whatever, um, getting rid of it. And so what we want to talk about this week is kind of what is the biblical view of it? What are yeah. what are some problems biblically um, with cancel culture? And so I'll start with you. So yeah. uh, what, are, what are some thoughts you had on problems biblically with cancel culture? So let's start with kind of the opposite side of it, right? So um, cancel culture is really a, a, a cultural thing, right? It's not obviously rooted in biblical nature. I think cancel culture comes really as a result of this speak your truth mm. Uh, environment we have in our world today, Western society mostly, um, right? And and, and and it goes against biblical, like the, the belief that the Bible is absolute truth, right? The Bible is the standard for truth. We live in a very um, relativism, that's the word for yeah, it, right? Or right? Subjective, truth, subjective, subjective, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's your truth. What well, your truth is your truth. I can't right. devaluate that. I can't um, challenge that because that's your truth. Mm. But cancel culture is is kind of the hypocrisy of that because it basically says, hey, um, I'm going to cancel your truth because it interferes with my truth. Mm. And so what we've done is we've elevated our truth as a society to be absolute truth. Mm. And as long as you are in a group that believes in your absolute truth, at least on this one issue, then you're fine. But if you're the target of that, or even if you're like on our side, or I say our side, but maybe you're, you're at a point where you're like, you're like, I don't really see the value in that, because um, I'm not really not trying to make a statement about different cancel culture subjects. Because um, again, it could be right or wrong. Mm. But in, in saying that, it's cancel culture is a contradiction of these beliefs. It's based on your feelings, not fact, right? So that's, I think, the, the baseline, the foundation of the, the major issue. It's not biblical, because there's no biblical precedent because it's all based on how we feel, no absolute truth found from the Word of God. So if I can try to put that in my own words, if if someone has a belief that is, and let's say maybe it's an objective belief about God, mm-hmm. and we could think of a lot. I mean, lately we've done podcast episodes on abortion, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone has a, an objective belief, and we say it's objective, meaning it's a universal truth because Scripture, because it's mm-hmm. God's standard. So you could have that objective belief, and yet the culture may be against it. Mm-hmm. And so in their subjective uh, view, then they don't like that. Right. Whether or not the, they they may not clearly recognize God as the standard, sure. but saying we don't like that, so our opinion is that it should go away, mm-hmm. and they may not say it as nicely as that. So that's where I was saying, for right or for wrong, there are definitely things in cancel culture where they're, the thing that they're mad about, I'd say, okay, that probably wasn't right. Mm, yep. um, we think of like sexual harassment, right? That was a huge thing. It's still a big thing. The Me Too movement, all these different mm-hmm. things. The canceling of these different people, mm. their movies, all these things um, because of what they did. I don't like what they did. The thing that we're kind of questioning is as Christians, is the response to mm. that correct? And, you know, again, everything's kind of different situation, different thing. So in that regard, the mob may have it right. But still, we're saying, but their their method may be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. And I would say most of the time, the mob probably doesn't have it right. There's a mob that killed Jesus, so let's just kind of take that for <laughs> right. example. So, right. so, um, and and if you have some more thoughts, I will come back to you. But um, I had put, and, and we'll just start with this. Last week we talked about rage culture, right? right? And so we had love, peace, truth, grace, things like that. 
that if you are part of rage culture, you don't have these things. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm just lined up with the mob, then I'm missing some love, some peace, some truth, some grace, mm-hmm. and then what, whatever other uh, uh, other principles we talked about. Uh, but so thinking that next step though, and what makes what makes cancel culture unique is um, it is the action side of it, mm-hmm. right? Because I could be outraged about something but not do anything. Right. And when you take those steps into action, so one thing I listed was charity. Mm-hmm. And so charity has often been described as love in action. Mm-hmm. Um, even going back to the Greek word for it, um, it it's uh, grace or uh, charis, right? Mm-hmm. It's that love in action. And so I think we miss a lot of that. And so I, I put in my notes... Um, that we lose empathy online. And I had this reference, Matthew 25, where Jesus says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. And I won't read the whole passage, but it gets to the point at the end where people are saying, when did we do this? Mm-hmm. And he says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so if you go through scripture and you look up instances, we uh, I think we've talked about this some before, but like, um, orphans, widows, strangers in your land. Mm-hmm. God cares for the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He absolutely does. And so it is a biblical principle to have charity for people. Mm-hmm. And when I see someone being canceled and mm-hmm. the irrational mob is coming at them, yeah. there's no grace there. Yeah. there. There's no charity to say, that's still a human soul. Right. It's In this instance, they are the least of these, right? They have the mob coming at them. So it is not a Christian principle to attack. It's a, a Christian principle to offer grace. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't have discernment. Right. It doesn't mean we don't identify things as wrong, but it does mean we still offer people <clears throat> grace. Yeah. I think there's a fine line between trying to be, trying to implement the consequences of their sin or their decisions, right? Versus the charity that we're called to in Christ. Mm. If, there, there, there are natural consequences for every decision. Again, we go to the right or wrongs. We're not trying to really make a judgment statement on different things in culture. Right About what's being canceled. It's just right. the canceling Right, itself. just in general. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the other problem. Christians, we don't show sh- charity. Mm-hmm. We try to try to force the consequences, and that's really on God's side. But mm-hmm. I think you're going to talk about that in a little mm-hmm. bit, so I don't want to jump ahead. Are you trying to read my notes? I am too, trying. Uh, I'm like looking over a little bit. I'm like, he, you got more notes than I do. We should point out that your notes accidentally deleted. and so did. Um, if now, I sound like I don't know what I'm saying, it's because I'm like, I don't have any Now, I just here. thought that was a really clever tactic to like show up unprepared and be like, oh, where'd my notes go? Nope. No nope, technology. Oh, technology. Okay. But it is a good strategy just to keep in the back of your mind. I will remember that for next time. <laughs> All right. So next one I put was um, forgiveness. So charity, but then also forgiveness that we're commanded to forgive. So this one's kind of a straightforward one. Mm-hmm. Matthew 6 says um, in verse 12, And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offense, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Mm-hmm. So just a reminder that Christians are called to forgive in the same way that charity should be built into the Christian DNA, so should forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. Grace, in a sense, is saying, I'm offering you something that you don't deserve. And oftentimes that means forgiveness, um, that that someone may not deserve it, but I can forgive right. them. Now, again, that doesn't mean I have to be irrational uh, with a person. So, for instance, if I know that someone has gone to jail for theft, 
then I can forgive you, but that doesn't mean I let you hold my wallet, right? Right. Um, right. And we could take that to other extreme conclusions. Sure. Forgiveness is not the same as stupidity. I right. don't have to be ignorant of things, but I can forgive a person yeah. and, and still see them as a soul uh, worth worth uh, taking care of and, and that God loves. Yeah. It's hard to be mad at someone when you're praying for them too, mm. right? It is really, really hard to be upset with someone when you're, I mean, and you got to work through those things. But, you know, if we, I think if we as Christians can practice forgiveness mm. on a daily personal basis, um, then when it comes to things like in cancel culture, I mean, think about these people, the things that they've done, right? Let's just say it was super simple, definitely against the Bible. Then why not pray for them? Mm. Why, why is it that God only imparts grace to people that we know and that we like? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like, why not pray for their salvation? Pray that God, they would see Jesus through that. And again, we're not saying, like you said, we're not ignorant of the fact that what they did was sinful. But if that person was sitting in your life group, I mean, you might, I mean, well, depending on who it was, you might be a little starstruck, potentially on depending on what they did. But you get my point. Mm -hmm. Like in that moment, you you would hopefully like have them see grace mm. and you would want to impart that to them. Um, we do it for people we know. We, do, we want it for ourselves, yep. right? But we just don't like it for people on the end of a screen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, we, we treat people like enemies a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And Scripture tells us to love our enemy, mm -hmm. and so it should be another distinguishing. Bless those who curse you. Those are Jesus's words yeah. right there. So, so if we see people as kind of the enemy of our worldview or mm -hmm. an action they took, or your truth, or our truth, right? Um, but even if it's God's truth, if we see them as enmity with God, mm -hmm. then our view of them should never be well. Yeah, I hate that person, or right. they're. They're terrible. They're evil. Can you believe? No, it's they're, they need Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, and then the last one I put for this, because remember uh, for our audience, we're, we're talking still about what biblical problems are there with cancel culture. Right. So we've got uh, charity, forgiveness. Um, I also put hypocrisy um, that we forget our sin. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to, this is a little bit of a long passage. I'm just going to read it real speak quick. Speak truth, man. So, <laughs> I'm going to speak the truth <laughs> from scripture. Um, John 8 verses 3 through 11 says this. The Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, the one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her so they all end up leaving right mm -hmm. they all they all um, back away because they realize what Jesus had pointed out is mm -hmm. that they're guilty too this is the thing that strikes me every time I see someone canceled is that everybody who's there just spewing venom and hatred and anger mm -hmm. just wait the spotlight is gonna make its way around to you eventually yeah, and, and I think people are just foolish when they think it won't yeah and so by the same judgment you judge mm -hmm. that judgment's going to be returned it yeah. just really is well i think we talked about it, uh, like touched on it last week so i thought this was really interesting chris pratt 
is currently in the center spotlight of cancel culture um, for different reasons. Part of that is his beliefs as, as a Christian. And I thought it was really interesting. Robert Downey Jr., who, as far as I know, is not a professing believer. There's no there's never been anything where he like says that he made a post talking about Chris Pratt and he said the sinless are throwing stones. Like mm. he actually references is not like, you know, point out the scripture, right. but he references this mm. story. So you got this dude who maybe doesn't know Jesus. We don't know his heart. We don't know where he's at. And he's referencing the Bible saying, Hey, this is actually the standard. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, hold on. If like Robert Downey Jr. Who doesn't know Jesus, like if he gets this, like, why can't we as Christians get mm-hmm. it? Cause like, most Christians are fairly familiar with this story. I mean, I understand yeah. there's new believers, but I'm just saying, like, even if you're not, most people are familiar with that reference, yeah. right? That whoever's without sin, throw the first stone. So I just think it's so interesting that even in the midst of cancel culture, there are other people saying this exact thing, and they're not saying it from biblical perspective, but again, as we as Christians, we know the truth. The problem is, is we know it, but it just hasn't made its way mm. to our heart. We're not living it out. Yeah, so when we think about that, the one without you, or the one without sin, throw yeah. the fo- first stone. Words, <laughs> words Stumbling are hard. right there, man. The one without you, oh my goodness. The one <laughs> the without, without sin, sin. <laughs> throw the first stone. Yeah. When we think about that, um, it, it just really should make all of us pause, right? And to think ultimately, our judge is our creator. Mm-hmm. And so, for a Christian, because that's who we're speaking to specifically. Of course, if anyone who's not a Christian and hears this, there's still wisdom here from Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's not our truth; it's the truth, right? Um, but, but to Christians specifically, Christians specifically, think about God in heaven and His expectations for you. And so, I've listed three, and I, you know, we could have gone on, right? Uh, but I just pulled up three. Just thinking about charity, forgiveness, and hypocrisy, that we're right. supposed to have charity and forgiveness. And remember that if we start casting stones, we're nothing but hypocrites. And what's interesting is that's often what makes people so mad at the church. At the church. Yeah. It is. And yet that's exactly what we see in the world is mm-hmm. that everyone acts like they're self-righteous, that I've ne- I would never do whatever they're mad about in, yeah. in rage culture. And so they're just upset and, yeah. and canceling people out. All right, do you have anything to add on that one? No, I think that's good, man. I think you spoke the truth well. Oh, thank you. All right, so the last one is we want to apply this. So, um, you know, we understand what cancel culture is. We see some biblical problems with it. But the question next is what should Christians do in response yeah to cancel culture. I kind of took, I think, a little bit more of a um, doom and gloom kind of perspective than you did, to be honest with you. Great. Um, We'll have it nice and balanced then. You go first, and then I'll bring joy out. So I'm the kind of person who, I grew up in church my whole life, and ever since I was a kid, it's always, the world is getting worse, and here are the signs that God's coming back, and, you know, the world, you know, Christians are being persecuted, and Jesus is coming back soon. Definitely heard that before. And I guess it's just hard, because I'm like, I grew up in the 90s, so I've heard that since the 90s, years 2020, it's like, okay, is this this true? But when I look at our culture, I'm not sure if Jesus is coming back soon. Not really sure, not going to make that statement, but I can see more substantial evidence of uh, coming persecution. So in response to cancel culture, how should Christians respond? I think Christians need to respond by preparing for persecution, right? So John uh, 15, uh, 18, and 19 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He goes, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Hmm. So here's where I think this is really profound. The world is attacking the world right now. Hmm. There are celebrities like 
Jimmy Fallon and Ellen DeGeneres, who are currently under the call for cancel culture for things that they've did, the way they've treated people, whatever. Um, there are historical figures like Abraham Lincoln. People are currently calling for him to be canceled. Um, I actually don't really fully know that one. I didn't do the research on that, but they're calling. But for, it's out there. But it's out there. Yeah. And, and I guess my point is, is you have these public figures, these people, these entertainment guys, women, all kinds of stuff. The world is attacking the world, right? right? They're not attacking them for biblical principles, right? They're attacking them for worldly, worldly standards, things that were probably considered okay ten years ago are not considered okay now. And so, again, it's based off feelings. How do we feel in this moment? Not there's no absolute truth. Right. So, as Christians, I think we would be naive to think that the spotlight is not going to turn on us. Think about what happened in, in Rome, right? Um, right. Where, where what specifically? A lot happened in Rome. That's true. <laughs> so, so you have these fires, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and as a, and what happens is they actually, I think it's not Pilate, Caesar, Nero, no. Nero. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, there's so many people. So you got Nero, right? Who's a bad dude, right? A lot of historians, secular historians, believe he burned down most of the city of Rome. And when they came at him, what did he do? He pointed to this small group of people called Christ ones, Christ followers. Christians, and he pointed the target at them and said, "No, they're the real issue. They're the real problem for all of these things." I just wonder how how like long will it be before right. the culture, the world, like right? Hollywood's going to get tired of being attacked. Politicians are going to get tired of being canceled, right? All, influencers on social media are done with it, and eventually, I think they're going to find a group called Christians. And they're going to point the target at us. So I would just say, as Christians, we need to see persecution as a call to persevere, hmm. to stay firm in our faith, no matter what the world is saying. Now, I'm going to say if we're going to be canceled, let it be for the word of God. Let it be for something really biblical, right. um, not for temporal things that don't matter. Um, but I think that's just where we're heading. Like I said, a little doom and gloom. It's a little <laughs> not so fun, but I think that's what we have to prepare for. Yeah. So a couple of thoughts on that. Um, one, when we think about um, where we're headed, when we think about because I've heard the same things uh, all my life, um, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I just do remind people that books like First, Second Thessalonians were written because Christians were being persecuted mm-hmm. to the extent that they thought they'd missed the rapture. And right. that's why in First Thessalonians you have a passage that say, says it's good that people work with their hands, provide, etc., mm-hmm. lead a peaceful life. The reason they had to do that is because people were quitting their jobs because they're like, well, did we miss the rapture? Did we miss <laughs> right. the second coming? Right. So if they thought that back then, and I'm not saying Christ isn't coming soon. He absolutely could. Sure. I'm just saying when we learn about things like end times, the, the purpose of that is to say the time is urgent. Mm-hmm. E- even if Christ doesn't come tomorrow, someone's going to mm-hmm. die today and right. tomorrow, and so share the gospel. Right. Well, and there's persecution. Again, we're very... Americanized, we're very mm-hmm. individual. So there's persecution happening in the world, mm-hmm. right? Just because persecution comes our way doesn't mean that oh, oh the, t- the clock's ticking. Jesus, mm-hmm. people are currently facing real persecution. Their lives are being threatened for the name of Jesus. Right. So I say that to just as a reminder that it's it, that God's timeline is not on based on American right. persecution. So then the second thought I wanted to point out because you mentioned it is when we think about so maybe it's not the incoming necessarily. Maybe Christ isn't coming next week Mm -hmm. but who knows when persecution is and so Mm -hmm. just a thought about why that might be is because we do have a counter-cultural message right and so as our society gets less and less moral then christianity is going to be more and more distinct right and so unless our society gets more and more free 
then the restrictions of a society that is amoral mm-hmm. will necessarily become adversarial toward Christians. It just will. Yeah. Um, so then that was very like good definition right there. By the way, <laughs> hey, I didn't even write that one down. <laughs> Uh, just rolled right off the tongue. Yeah, great. Uh, I had to make up for earlier when <laughs> when I when you words when words were hard earlier. That's right. I love it. All right. So um, think about this. Applying it. What should Christians do in response to rage culture? Um, the first one I put was vengeance, and I don't mean you should get vengeance. <laughs> I just put that very as a, very specific. Right. I'll, I'll I'll explain that. So Romans twelve nineteen says. Uh, friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. Mm. So at the heart of cancel culture is this idea that we will bring justice by eliminating mm-hmm. you or mm-hmm. this entity or whatever. Yeah. And it's a, it's really bloodthirsty vengeance. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It yeah. says you did something wrong, you will pay. Yeah. And that's not a Christian perspective. Kind of like what I was saying earlier, You know, we want to impart the consequences of their actions instead of showing charity for right. where they're at. Yep, absolutely. So then what that should do in that mindset of charity is the second thing I said is reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So Luke 17, verse 3 through 4 says this, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Mm. So... The idea again of forgiveness is important, but it's it's like why do we are, are we just supposed to be naive people mm-hmm. that just say oh you did this wrong I just forgive you oh you did it wrong again I just forgive you seven times a day of course in in seven not just saying oh well if it's eight stop no he's saying that right. as a number of completion right. you just do it indefinitely you mm-hmm. forgive people well why because a Christian's goal is supposed to be reconciliation you mm-hmm. could look at. Matthew chapter 18, where there's the, the process of discipline where uh, one brother has an offense against another. And the goal in those um, interactions is supposed to be reconciliation. Or you could look in 1 Corinthians where um, the Apostle Paul says, it's reported that there is sin among you that's not even named among the Gentiles. They had some mm-hmm. sexual sin that was just terrible. Mm-hmm. And he says uh, that a little leaven leavens a whole lump. And so talking about bread, if you have mm-hmm. a little leaven in, he's saying... That, that little bit of sin in your midst that you all have okayed, you've affirmed, it's like poison to your church. Mm-hmm. And so he tells them to separate fellowship there. But then by 2 Corinthians, he's talking about forgiving a person because you don't want to just beat them down. The goal is not to say, I've canceled you. Right. For a Christian, it's not about canceling someone. Right. For a Christian, the goal of any type of engagement for pointing out sin, we want to have the goal, how can I reconcile you to God and ultimately to his people as well? Mm -hmm. That should be our goal. And so when we join in in the culture of rage, we join in the the culture of cancel, we've forgotten those principles. We've Mm -hmm. forgotten the grace, the charity we're supposed to have. We've taken the place of God saying, I'm going to give vengeance. We've done all those different things, and we've missed the thought of that is a soul that we want to be reconciled to God. And maybe they already know God, but they need to walk with him again. Mm-hmm. That should always be our yeah. goal. That's good, man. That's good. All right, any other thoughts on this? Just uh, just remember, it. I mean, it starts on an individual level, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can unfollow someone because you don't like the, what they're saying or you don't like the truth that they're speaking. or um, And instead, again, we can 
we can do this practically. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like, mm-hmm. we can do this on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, if we as Christians, it's the little things that add up to the big things that mm-hmm. make the bigger impact. So I think as Christians, right, it's not just don't share this on social media or don't just be, you know, angry on Twitter. Um, I think it's show, show, show grace, show mm-hmm. charity, seek reconciliation. Like, there are people listening right now who have extreme hate and bitterness in their heart towards someone. Mm. And I think they need to seek reconciliation on an individual level. So I think we're talking about a broad stroke of culture, but to the Christian, I think there's an individual responsibility to live this out every day. Absolutely. And so if I could give people kind of two principles to help you say, well, how do I do that? One, seek to honor God with your life, Mm -hmm. right? I think most of the time we know if we're being dishonoring, if, if we're actually taking the time to evaluate are the things I'm doing honoring to God, and then two, love people. Right. If we see, just like when we were talking about in our uh, episodes on abortion, if we see people as of intrinsic worth, mm-hmm. if we see the human life as valuable and something that God created in His image to be saved, to be reconciled to Him, if we see people that way, then I won't want to cancel people. Right. I want to do whatever I can to reconcile them to their Creator. So that's good. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody, appreciate everybody watching, listening in. Um, don't forget to subscribe, share it with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you are in the area, as always, we have our weekend services. We've got uh, two hours of worship service. We've got life group for three hours. You can do all that in person or also online. And uh, you can find out anything about our church on fbcofallon.org. That's fbcofallon.org. And we'll see you next time. Hey.